Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. Today I have Cody Warren. Hello, everybody. And we're talking about how to win on Google My Business or Roofers. So these will be things that you can do to get higher in the Google Maps section. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Cody, but I know that a lot of business gets done through Google Maps. Yes. Lots of business get done through Google Maps, and honestly, especially for roofers, it's one of the most overlooked opportunities that they have. So why should, basically, why should roofers be concerned with getting higher on Google My Business Google and Google Maps? Roofers should really care about this because it's one of the first spots that people who are searching for a roofing contractor in your area are going to see. Uh, pretty much any service-oriented term related to roofing, siding, gutters, etc., is going to have something we call the map pack, which is just a list of three contractors that are located roughly near uh, that searcher. And if you can be in there, I mean, you have a much higher probability of capturing uh, their interest. It's really visual, right? Like it's, it's like kind of sticks out. Yeah, I wish we almost had like a little green screen to just throw up. Some Boom, right here. Right here. For the video, the people watching the video, uh, this is what it looks like. So the other piece is, what have you seen be big Google My Business fails? Oh my goodness. What are some fails that you've seen on Google My Business? So first off, and this is just right out the gate, just not claiming your profile. So if you're a business and you're like, you know what, I've never set that up. There might be one that already exists out there for you because Google knows that your business exists and they say, hey, uh, roofing company A in Minneapolis, Minnesota is here. It looks really lame. It doesn't have much information. Uh, it might have your website listed if Google knows that, but just huge missed opportunity there if you haven't claimed it already. Next up is just horrible pictures. If you have a bad picture of your logo, sometimes they're not cropped right and it looks all weird. It looks like it's 10 years old or weird pictures of you working on a roof that just, it looks, it looks ugly, frankly. It's your first impression. Make sure your first impression looks nice uh, and is appealing to your searchers. Uh, a couple other weird fails. Uh, sometimes people who are trying to like go really hard on Google My Business will actually create multiple locations, which is something that we've done before. And it has shown some results historically, but as of late, it's gotten profiles as a whole unverified. Google is no longer allowing that, and it's, it's caused some other problems as well. So those are kind of the main big ones. that I would You don't want to just dump a ton of money and time and do a hack for various reasons, and I'm not, I'm not above it. You know I love a good arbitrage. Yes. Something that you can do that gets an outsized result. Yeah. But to dump all of your time and energy and money into a hack yeah. can be, it can be really frustrating. I had a marketer call me the other day and say, are you having problems with getting your reviews yeah. through? And it's like, I know exactly what he's saying because they have many locations going and they're basically trying to dump a bunch of reviews yep. and yeah, they're not coming through anymore. Because yeah. the problem with having multiple locations on like Google My Business, if they're not real locations, yeah. is that you do need reviews on every single one of your locations. Otherwise, you're showing up in that city for a two review profile and a two review profile isn't persuasive. 
Yeah. It doesn't get a bunch of leads through it. So only do the amount of Google My Business locations that you can get 30 plus reviews on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're spreading your uh, spreading yourself thin by having multiple locations. Uh, Dimitri Lipinski calls each review, he says, is like a hundred bucks of like effort. Yep. So think about that. It's at least $3,000 per location. Yep. And he's not talking about buying them. He's saying the amount of effort it's, that is required to get a review from somebody. Yep. It's just the asking them for it. It's the, yeah. and I mean, following up. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about reviews in a second, but what's the most important thing when it comes to like filling out your Google My Business? The most important thing other than claiming it and making sure that you have the ability to edit it is clearly defining what your business category is, not spamming it. Be very specific. If you're a roofing contractor, have it say roofing contractor. If you also do siding, it's okay to have siding as like a subcategory, but you have a whole separate section to add services. Add all the services you do there, but keep that very sharp and specific. Uh, too much information there is gonna prevent Google from being able to show you appropriately. It's like, ah, what does this person actually do? Uh, and then images. Very good, high-quality images and getting reviews. Can I just use stock photos? How, how important are original images on Google My Business? What priority should I put on that? Should I hire a photographer now if I don't have any good images? I would say it is a, if you want to stand out on Google My Business, having high-quality images, professional images of your team, your business location, and ideally even some images of you guys providing your service on people's roofs, that is absolutely necessary. Um, stock photos aren't the worst thing in the world, but it's, it, everyone can spot a stock photo. Um, so if you have absolutely no images and you're getting a, getting a photographer in, I would say, sure, throw a couple stock photos on in the short term, uh, but that is not a long-term solution. You need to get, have pictures of your own team, your own office, and your own employees installing roofs. Yeah. So I'm not even gonna ask the question, how important are reviews? You and I both know reviews are incredibly important. Everyone that's watching this knows that yeah. reviews are incredibly important. And, and there's two different types of contractors I wanna talk about. You've got the roofer on one hand that's 30, that needs to get to his first 30 reviews. And then you've got another guy that's competing with a couple people that 100 plus reviews and and he's trying to go to a thousand plus reviews. Yeah. So how do you get to your first 30 reviews and how do you get to your first thousand reviews? So first 30 reviews, uh, assuming you are a smaller roofing contractor and aren't having thousands of jobs a year, uh, you just need to be extremely intentional with uh, your customers and ask for reviews, but also be extremely diligent about making sure that your, your customer service is good and on point because you want people to leave a five-star review. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing worse than being like, oh, this job kind of went 80% the way we wanted it to, but we still need to ask for a review even though this person might not be totally satisfied. So it's a huge emphasis on customer satisfaction, uh, making sure they feel taken care of, and then diligently asking for that review and then actually following up on that review uh, after the fact. And then your next question was going from like 30 to 1,000, yeah. getting a lot of reviews. At that point, it needs to be just a built-in process into your, into your system. So uh, work with a number of roofing contractors. Uh, a lot of them have different ways of going about it. One that I have found and heard that works very well is 
actually looking and seeking out roof repair jobs that are a little bit low dollar mm. because you can pick up a lot of those. And for some of them, it's like, hey, we, we're hoping to break even, but huge emphasis on customer satisfaction. Mm. It's a shorter window. You don't have a full like day crew of 20 people, a lot to go wrong. It's usually one, two, three people, maybe going out, huge emphasis on customer satisfaction, make sure they feel taken care of. And then, oh, hey, your, your repair's done. Will you leave us a review? Ooh, I like that. Lots more opportunity for reviews because you're able to, able to do more jobs. Another tool you can use is called Pulse M. It allows uh, you to both text the person who you're about to go out and do a consultation with, the photo of the person oh, yeah. who is coming out, which I like. I like that as an automatic system. And then it's also after the initial consultation, it asks for a review. That's another kind of, a, it's kind of a hack, so I don't know. We, we said we're not building systems on hacks anymore, right? Yes. Um, but I do think that there's an element of that's smart because that's that moment where they just had that customer service, the heavy customer service, that initial consultation. Um, so something to look into, something to think about. Um, Pulse M, and there's a few other ones like Podium. And um, I'm trying to think of if there's any other tool. Have you seen any other tools that work really well like that? Podium is one of the main ones that I've heard people. It's also chat on your website. Yeah, chat on your website uh, as well. Um, so I don't love chat personally, but I, I'm not. It annoys me. Yeah. Um, so someone says we did a bad job Ooh. on uh, review. Talk to me about how to respond to reviews. What should be my mindset as I'm going into this? So you wake up in the morning and you look and some person left a one-star review saying, wish I could give zero stars. We've all been there. Your mindset needs to be good, good. This person gave me an opportunity to reach out and mend a potential problem. Because deep down, every customer knows that uh, working with a business, there's a potential for something to go wrong. Even the, the highest rated companies will have errors in their customer service and it causes problems. But if they reach out and leave a one-star review, respond to it as fast as you can, honestly. Respond to it, apologize, bring clarity to the situation, offer to make amends if appropriate, uh, and really think of that as marketing for yourself because all potential customers that are filtering through your reviews, looking at um, what other customer experiences have been, they're gonna see that one-star review. And while it may not be a positive experience, if they see that the business owner responded very shortly after and explained the situation, brought clarity, sought to seek amends, um, that's, that's a win. That's, that's a win. It's as much of a win as you're gonna be able to get out of it. It's a huge fail to leave it empty. All right, Jocko. Good. 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 All right, so should I respond to good reviews too? Yeah. Yeah, just respond to all reviews. It's, it's best practice. Uh, even if it's just like, thanks, we loved working with you, uh, exclamation mark. It's, it's best practice to respond to reviews. They're just touch points. That's all they are. It's showing potential customers that you care and are invested in your service. Good or bad, respond to them. Are there any hacks for Google My Business? Like, is there anything that I can do that will just really jack up my rank? I know I need to fill it out, be comprehensive. I know I need to get reviews. There, are there any hacks? And should I be posting on like, Google my business as like a social media platform because it says to post on there. Should I be doing that? For sure you should be doing that. So as far as hacks go, I would say no, there's not any hacks, but there are things that you can do to set yourself apart that honestly I would say 80 to 85% of contractors are not doing. Uh, so posting roughly like twice a week on Google my business 
Uh, honestly, even just once a week is, is fine if you don't have that much time. It's very simple. I'm not gonna dive super into the weeds on it, but just talk about something that's happening or a cool product. But that increases your ranking on that. It does inc yeah. increase your ranking, yeah. Uh, it increases your ranking and it, it just gives Google more information about your business. Um, and then I would also say like, take advantage of Q and A, the question and answer field. If you have a list of questions mm. that like tons of customers are asking, just go ahead and enter in the questions yourselves. Have like someone on your sales team do it and then respond to those questions. I like that. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a hack, but really at the end of the day, you're just adding value to potential customers before they come in. Um, and then also if you're up for it, adding the ability to like schedule an appointment like right there. If, if that, that can be a little bit more complicated if you don't have that built into your business process, but like just making it easy for people to convert right there is another way that you can kind of get that extra five, 10% on your profile. I love it. You know, I'll just add a little bit from my experience. Another interesting way to increase your visibility on this is by creating pages on the website, location pages, that helps a lot. We've seen doing that recently for a contractor we we're just looking at all this from the area because what's that tool, Bright Local, yeah, right? Local. You can look in certain areas. So if you're trying to look like you were in a different city, Bright Local, local yeah. search tool is a great way to do that. It's awesome. And we were looking and they were showing up yep. in the map, even though they weren't in that city. Yep. And that was because there's location pages. Yep. I've also seen people show up in the map when we did like a best home builders in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah. It made that blog, it was a blog post about the 10 best yep. and then they showed up in the map. Yeah. So there's things that you can do, the content on your website, Google is using that information to make decisions about who to show on there too. Yes. So definitely mirror what you, the keywords that you want to be shown for in the content, the landing pages and the blog posts on your website. Absolutely. How do you feel, talk to me about how you really feel today. What is your real thought about these lists? Like 10 best roofers in city. And what is the, what is the real strategy here? What if, we, what if we piss away leads to other companies by showing this list on our website? How do you really feel today? Give me the unadulterated, honest opinion. Should we still be doing those lists? Yes. I think that they are one of the best ways to show up on Google for roofing service terms combined with the location. Uh, Talk about what it is first for people that don't understand and then... So what we're talking about here is on your own website, on your blog, writing a post, listing out contractors in a specific area. For example, best roofing contractors in Austin, Texas. And you'd have like a list of seven to 12 contractors, literal competitors that are in your area. Uh, you publish this on your blog and you're trying to get that to show up on the first page of Google. Here's why I love them. First off, the list already exists out there. So if you're like, oh man, I'm scared of showing people these competitors, they are, the Google it, the list already exists there. So you might as well have the opportunity to frame it. You're not gonna give people information that they're not already, that they're already asking for on that, uh, with that search term. So that, that whole myth about it is debunked. If, you're, if you just don't talk about competitors, period, that's your own business choice. But from an SEO perspective, that there's not any loss there. Second, this is one of the few keywords that you can write an actual blog post about that combines roofing contractor, roof replacement or roof repair or whatever that very bottom of the funnel core service is with that area. 
Most of the time they're looking for a service page, but this is one of the very few that they're actually looking for a list, a piece of content to outline and inform their decision. Uh, and if you can own that spot and then link from that page back to your service page from an SEO perspective, that's money. Um, so internally, internally linking is important. Internally linking is important. And how, how about like how much content do I need on these landing pages? Like if I'm trying to put out location landing pages and is there a benefit to just kind of like revisiting them every once in a while and adding more content, adding more FAQs or how would you consider like your top five location pages, how often should I be revisiting them? I would revisit them at least once a year at the very least. Um, if, if, but if something changes in your business and there's like new information to add, or if you're like, hey, people are asking this a lot in this area, go ahead and update it. Um, and as far as like the amount of content that should be on them, I would say like at least 500 words. Uh, but the important thing is, is you need content. So don't just make one and then like duplicate it for five or six other pages. You need to have at least half of that to, be, to be unique. It needs to be original, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so is there anything else you wanna share about Google My Business? And actually, you know what, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity here. What would you say to somebody who's working with, let's say a, a little bit less aggressive SEO company that, uh, than us? Maybe they do a piece of content a month and local directory listings for the whole year. Uh, I would say time is money. That's that's really what it comes down to. And getting as much actual work done and published on your website is going to give Google the information they need to rank you three, six, nine, 12 months down the road. Uh, so publishing slow now, not pushing aggressive now isn't gonna hurt you today. Uh, it's gonna hurt you six, nine, 12 months from now. Uh, everything that we do in SEO has a long lead time. so taking advantage of that now, publishing a lot of content, publishing at three, four, 5,000 words a month, uh, earn, doing local directory listings, but at times appropriately earning guest post links back when, when and where uh, that will benefit you is absolutely essential to getting results. So um, if, if you're working with an agency that you feel is not being aggressive, I would love to have a conversation with you. I would love to kind of outline how, what aggressive means to us and what kind of results that we see with our aggressive SEO package. Um, time is money, that's really what it comes down to. And I'm sure that maybe even for what you're paying them, you may be getting like a fair return, but at some point you might want to amp that up, uh, especially if you're looking to make organic search uh, especially through Google My Business, a large part of your, your uh, revenue and sales driver down the road, I would definitely consider finding an agency that's gonna be a bit more aggressive. Awesome, thank you. Where can people find you online? Let's say LinkedIn or? Yeah, LinkedIn is pretty much my primary social media outlet. You can just find me at Cody Warren. I've got a little, little fish hook on my name. Um, and then also on Hook Agency's website, publish and blog posts. So. Awesome. And thank you so much. It's Tim Brown, hookagency.com, hookagency all over social. Appreciate you guys watching and listening. Bye. Thank you guys.